What's the haps, coconut heads? Welcome to our podcast, where we talk story about culture, creativity, self-care, and our quirky obsessions. Informing, empowering, and entertaining with humor. You're welcome. I'm your host, Jade Fox. And I'm G Supreme. Sit back, unwind, and join us in our conversation. Hi, y'all. This is part two of our discussion about the Joy Luck Club, the film. Be sure to check out part one. I hope you enjoy it. Which character or story or part of the movie or relationship spoke to you? Like, which one could you relate to? Um, I, first off the bat, there's like, a couple of things actually I relate to <laughs> but the first one was Waverly because that part with the chess I, I I I was like I had I had a moment with my dad it was like I was so frustrated with him I was like I do not I well okay it wasn't like I don't want to play music anymore it wasn't that conversation it was like and this was later on in life this is like I was 20 years old and it was New Year's Eve and he booked a a, a, a gig for us and he didn't ask me but I was like, I'm 20 years old. Like, it's New Year's <laughs> Eve. Like, why do I want to be like hanging out with some old people? You know what I mean? So anyway, <laughs> he booked a whole thing. Like, I was like, you didn't ask me. And he's just like, OK, then fine. Then don't do it. Like, it wasn't even like, do you want to do it? You know, what I mean? it was like, just fine. Like, I was just like, OK, fine. You know, and I was like, like, and he never asked me again. And Aww. he just did it like. He just booked his gigs by himself without me. And it made me feel bad. Like I was Waverly. I was like, oh, that's Elindo. That was I, like, I want to play again. Can I play again? He's like, but you don't want to. Remember, you retired. Like you'll hear my brother say that. Watch. If you ever listen carefully, my brother will bring that up. She's retired. She's re and I'm like, I never said I was retired. I just said I didn't want to play on New Year's Eve. So I relate to Waverly. <laughs> and that guilt that she has, she's like, I want to play chess again. I was like, I, I feel that. I feel that. <laughs> but, you know, it's interesting. It's, it's, it's really funny because you can see the struggle that her mom, Auntie Lindo, yeah. she has a huge struggle with her own pride. Yeah. <laughs> like, you cannot just let down her own pride and say, okay, why don't you try again? Yeah. Some things yeah, in life are very okay, difficult. Yeah. We have to push through them. So in a way, she doesn't convey that to her, no. her, her daughter until her daughter starts to learn about the struggles that her mom went through. Yeah. And until she transfers that and shows her daughter that she has gone through things too, she doesn't really understand that. So there's a huge amount of pride in the first generation. Did you, can you see that? Yes. yes. Because they don't really share, but they no. want to share. It's almost like they're frustrated because they, their daughters aren't as Chinese as they want them to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yet they so want them to be part of that American dream. And they still want them to be living the different life that they didn't have. But there's almost like no balance because they're so removed from their own past until they start to share. And it's interesting. They don't share when they're younger 
No. They share it when they're older. And if you've ever experienced that, maybe when you were a teen, I know that mm-hmm. when I started to understand some of the things that my parents have been through mm-hmm. to set us up to be able to go to school in California and yes. eventually to college, it makes me appreciate uh, that. And I can see how you're saying your dad was like, fine, then never again. I'm gonna, never going to ask you. <laughs> it was almost like, wow, is that the way that that, that generation was <laughs> taking the hit? Like mm-hmm. my feelings are hurt, but I'm not going to show that. Yeah. I'm disappointed. Yeah. Be, I'm just going to just cut it off and yes. make you feel bad. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like I'm like, like think about their, gen- their generation, their they're parents hurt. were like, a certain type of way that that was that was it like you just don't question it like you just have to know that you know in his mind he's like you have a talent he's always been like that you have a talent why would you use it you know mm-hmm. why would like I told I think I told I muddy that's um I was like I was like when am I gonna start hula dancing like I want to hula dance and he was like why <laughs> he was like why <laughs> like that wasn't like oh cool you want to do that I I play for like a, you know, a a low, you know, like, no, it was like, why? Why would you want to do that? (laughs) You have a talent. You play music. I'm like, but I want to dance, you know? And so he never like, yeah, it was just like a strange conversation. (laughs) I go, okay, you know, but music. Oh, yeah, he was all there. But if I want to do something else, like uh, he's like, why? When you could be the you could be the 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 one on stage. Why would you want to be like a dancer? And, <laughs> and it's so funny and I just get jealous because you guys play you know you guys dance hula and all that and I did try for a little bit so I did try for a little bit and um, I told the story before I tried in college I was like I could do whatever I want now I'm gonna join the halal I'm not gonna tell anybody I'm gonna do all the things and once the band members found out I could play music they took me out of the of the, the dancers and it was like why when we could use you as another singer and a, you know so it, it was short-lived because i was like you can't not, escape you can't escape what i want to do <laughs> <laughs> they so. want to, they, i think they really wanted to be supportive of what we wanted but they also wanted what they wanted for us just yeah. like waverly's mom yeah yeah her the, you have a gift they, it was and- interesting they were they were competitive <laughs> these best friends were competitive yeah. And at one point she says, my mom's weapon of choice was me. Their kids were their weapon of choice. (laughs) Yet they're like best of friends. You know, that made me think too, like, cause we grew up with, like we had cousins that lived in our neighborhood and we're all about the same age. And it makes me wonder, I wonder if we all felt competitive with each other. We went to the same school. We lived in the same neighborhood and it, now that I think about it, it's like, yeah, like so and so like I, they made they might have had those. I don't know those conversations, no, I, but they might have I had those conversations sh- behind the scenes. Like, I think well, they totally got an honor roll of so and so. I think they totally did, because I think that it's just human nature to want to compare your lives. And actually, I mean, I was having that when my kids were growing up. That was tough for me. Like, you know, I would always see other kids things or they would post things on social media. And that's oh, yeah. why now social it's social media, very danger <laughs> thing mm-hmm. for me. Like, you know, I've had to, like I said, working through therapy, that's really been something that has helped me deal with that, you know, mm-hmm. um, 
and how comparison is just something that steals your joy, you know, because you see for, you see what they want you to see in that, in that second that they take that photo or whatever they're sharing. That's what you see. What about you guys? Anybody that you was like, uh, I mean, not exactly, but it, it kind of made you like pause. I already spoke on mine. So I want to hear yours was my, what mine was um, June and Suyan. Oh, yeah. Suyan. I love yeah. that. Mm-hmm. That one makes me just makes me ball fall apart. Ball. I was crying. Even even my daughter was like crying next. We took off her glasses. Oh. Crying, but I was like, because you know that's... what? OK, so let me let me tell you this. You should you should you should reenact that that scene with your daughter. <laughs> Because I'm just like, I wish my mom would say that to me. Like, I see you like, oh, my God. But you know what? My mom says it in a different way. She yeah. she she said it like, you think I don't know you? I know you better <laughs> than you know yourself. That's yeah. her version of that scene. Oh, no. You know what? <laughs> Growing no up with handing of the jade necklace of nothing. <laughs> Growing up with my mom, like. I have learned to be different from her with my kids. So I'm always at every opportunity since they were little, I'm very affectionate with them. I'm always vocal with them. So Maya, I'm like, I'm really curious to know which stories spoke spoke to you. I think there were two. Mm -hmm. And I think the first is definitely the Waverly scene with Auntie Lindo in the salon. (laughs) And what's really funny is one of my cousins who's the same age as me, Mm She, um, her mom is actually from Taiwan Mm -hmm. and, um, was a military wife. So Mm -hmm. my cousin lived all over Mm -hmm. and she was only child Mm -hmm. and her mom was not even first generation. My Mm -hmm. cousin is first generation, right? In the United States. But anyways, she has experienced even more of these cultural differences with her mom and, I remember one time my cousin was really frustrated and she had just had words with her mom and I was with her in person. I said, what's going on? And all she had to say was, I hate being Waverly. And I was <laughs> cracking up because I was under, I, I was like, uh, I got you. I know so yeah, you exactly. I'm all say no more, <laughs> say no more. I, I know. And I told her, you know what? I get it. I can be with my family and mm-hmm. especially specifically with, the females with my mom mm-hmm. and maybe her generation of females. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm 12 again. Yes. No voice, no say, this is what we're doing. <laughs> um, yeah. That's so true. It's, it's that um, is you're so the true. kid. All of a sudden it's like hierarchy. We're in the hierarchy. <laughs> and that's how it is. Like when you go home, especially yeah. like when you're maybe when you're away at college mm-hmm. or now as an adult and you go visit, it's like, mm-hmm. When I'm in that situation for too long, <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm being triggered. I'm like 12 again. <laughs> you know? oh so the mom's presence, Lindo's presence was strong without her having to say anything. And yes. I can totally relate to that because um, I grew up very much. If my mom's not happy, no one's happy. No one's happy. <laughs> know it. Happy oh wife, happy God. life. Yes. No, <laughs> I... Change yeah. the vibe, the the whole ambiance can just like change. Oh <laughs> you know so what? True. That's so true because when I when I had the boys in my house, they would say that I don't know where it came from. I don't know. I don't know where it came from. I don't remember. But they would say if mommy's not happy, no one's like the house is not happy. So mm-hmm. they and then they would look at Johnny like. <laughs> 
something. Let's do something. You do make it right. Make her happy. Damn it. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so true. Oh my god. And like fun fact, fun fact is like <laughs> Waverly was on my list of, of girl names. Like uh-huh. but Johnny X that out. Like when we were planning to have kids, like I'm gonna name her Waverly. He's like, huh? Like he didn't understand. I didn't want to explain it, but I was like, I think Waverly's cute. I seen there was actually a Waverly Street somewhere. I don't know. And I'm like, it's a it's a thing. And uh, because of that whole like story with Waverly, I thought that was like that was the one that resonated the most aside from June, mm-hmm. uh, especially with June now, because she's the one that doesn't have kids. She's the one that didn't get married. And apparently from the book, she didn't finish college. So she was a lot of things like her mom had the most hope for her. I know. I, I honestly I kind of forgot about Rose. Mm-hmm. I actually went back and I rewind I was totally rewinding I was like where's that part with with Rose and her mom on May yes so I I realized that one of the things that her mom was teaching her and I feel like I've learned this from I've learned a little bit of this from the older generation the elders in my family her mom is teaching her mom kind of teaches her to sacrifice herself give yourself for your family Yes. Her mom does that. Want nothing. Yeah. Want nothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sacrifice yourself from the, for the family is like your ultimate honor. And then the other thing her mom really teaches her, which is why she isn't very assertive Mm -hmm. initially is to swallow her tears. That's like, Mm -hmm. this is what we do, which is such an, Mm -hmm. it's, it's very much an Eastern thing. Yes. Right. Very much a, a Chinese culture. We swallow our tears and we mask our pain. Yes. Swallow our tears, mask our pain. And then the last one was um, her mom is kind of teaching her, like, beware of generous people. If if they're generous or if they're good, they're probably trying to trick you or fool you somehow. So she's not very trusting. Uh, I didn't really think of that until I, I actually I don't it makes sense. More book than it is, but it makes sense with her, her backstory because I forgot about on May's backstory, like, and to think that she came from that to like with Rose um, and at the part that she tells her daughter, like you need to, I guess she was telling her she needs to fight for her marriage, like, in a, a, you know, mm-hmm. and um, which I thought was interesting. Like, well, where were you all this time on May? Like, why weren't you telling Rose that? But maybe, <laughs> maybe Rose was separating herself. Like, you know, a lot of times you're like, I don't want to involve my mom with my affairs you know with with my mm-hmm. marriage like I'm I got this swallow it I need to you just swallow, swallow it yeah I, I could believe that because if Anme didn't know that that was she thought everything was fine right and um but I think she knew that her daughter wanted to 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 want it she didn't want it to end because that's why she made the chocolate peanut butter pie so that chocolate peanut butter buy was symbolic, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like, let's talk about Andrew McCarthy being Ted. I didn't. I've never liked him as an actor. Like, not what? even, not even in Pretty in Pink. Like, even though I love Pretty in Pink. Like, that's one of my favorite '80s movies. But I always thought he was too like. What's the word? His fe- his features are too soft for me. 
cute in this though. Like I didn't realize he was cute in this. Like but I was like stunning. I was like, were his eyes this color? Like yeah, he it made him look like more manly. But like in Pretty Pink, I just didn't like him as boy. Yeah, I didn't like him. Blaine. He was too Blaine. Blaine, but he was cute here. I was like, oh. Cute. And in Mannequin. Do you remember Mannequin? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> Mannequin. And yeah. Bernie's, Weekend at Bernie's. Uh, Andrew McCarthy. <laughs> like, he's been in so many things, but I've never liked him as an actor, but he was good in this one. He, he was, was good. good in this one. He was good. But I just felt like he didn't want to get, like, he, I felt like he didn't want to get divorced. I felt like he, he lost his wife. Like he it. lost his wife. Like, he the did. wife that he fell in love with. Yes. And he couldn't make her happy. Like, she was making him happy so much. He didn't know how to make her happy. And then it, but then I'm like, but then it fell apart. Like, after what? The, the girl was five years old. Like, I was just like, what is it? Like, there, I have to read the book because I was just like, no, there's like so many holes in this story. Like, I just, I felt like they wrapped it up at the end in the movie. Like, there's so many holes in that Rose story, I feel. I don't know. That's my that's my take on that. I really think it could have been a miniseries because there's just so many layers and so many subplots and so many backstories. Yeah, so they couldn't tell it all. Unfortunately, they couldn't. They tell should it all. make You're it. Right. A, yeah, they should redo it and become a miniseries like or a, a series. I, I was surprised that Oliver Stone directed. I'm like, yes, what? Oliver Stone. Oliver Stone, who does all those war movies. Yes. He's always before his time. Yeah. Uh, It's amazing. Like, yeah. So I was like, hmm, I wonder how that, that, that perspective slants the whole movie. So I, again, it goes back to like, read this, read Amy, Amy Tan's uh, book. Cause I wonder how different it was. Um, Okay. (laughs) You got to talk about Harold. Harold is the husband of Lena. <laughs> oh my God. I wanted, he was funny, but even he irritated, he irritated me about the whole like Hamsies uh, thing. Uh, and she's like, I don't eat ice cream. And the ice cream that <laughs> she doesn't even eat. I was like, girl, I was like, why can't you just, and then the cat, the cat and the food. <laughs> So in the story, I'll pay for half. He gives her the cat, but she has to play for the flea stuff for the cat. And she's upset that it was a gift and she shouldn't have to play for the fleas. And then he's like, fine, I'll pay for half of the fleas. (laughs) Unfortunately, it's like one of those things where we talk about how people allow other people's other people to treat them right so in the beginning she allowed that you know because she you're was like, like oh, equal you want to be equal you want yeah to- i wouldn't put up with that though i mean that, that, that's just me i'd be like no no like well, for that i mean and then she blames herself she blames herself that she well because she didn't speak up right i yeah. have to say that she blames herself for being so passive i did have to look back in some notes about lena yeah because her name is her mom's name this is Auntie Ying Ying's daughter, right? Yes, yeah. You wouldn't know this in the movie because yeah. it doesn't have enough detail and backstory, but their last name is Sinclair. So Lena oh. is actually, you know how earlier I said, wait. Yeah, she? some of them have, is, yeah. Yeah, it's Lena is. Lena. Yeah, because they don't talk about Ying Ying's like uh, husband or she wasn't, he wasn't even in the movie, like, you know, mm-hmm. as a background person. That's true. Uh, but he's, he's American. He's American. Yeah, he's American. Okay. Wow. That just so, changes um, everything. 
Yeah, so she is very passive and she she passes that on to her daughter. Just wanting and to please, just wanting to, just stuffing your voice, her voice because yeah. she doesn't want to have conflict. Um, yeah, we don't see that, but in in the book, we can see those details that she learned this from her mom, not oh, speaking up. Okay, and it's interesting because later her mom says, "You need to speak up." Yes, the mom says it. Yeah, it's her mom who coaches her or inspires her to Mm -hmm. stick up for herself. But yeah, her name is actually Lena Sinclair. That's why I was like Lena Sinclair. Wow, they didn't mention that. That would be that would be actually a good information to have known. And again, they they don't know anything about the father. Yeah, no. And then you know the symbolism of that house. Like I want to talk about houses, like. You know, um, June has like kind of like a traditional like house, like very homey. Waverly has this like this loft, like they're mm-hmm. in San Francisco, right? <laughs> they're this loft and like she's trying to, you know, show her mom all the things that, you know, the success that she has. Right. And then Rose, she has this beautiful like mansion. You know what I mean? This beautiful house that they integrate all these people. And then very you have cold. Lena's house and it's this coffin house. You know what I mean? It's like everything's gray. Everything's like steel. And they have that vase on that wobbly table that he created. And uh, it's like that was so symbolic when she says, you know, she says, oh, and he's she's like, that's not that's not good. Like to have that is like a a glass vase on top of a wobbly table. And she's like, oh, it's because Harold made it, you know when he was into architecture and she, so she knows that it's wobbly, but she, she ends up still putting that glass vase with the flowers on a wobbly table, which is basically a symbol for their marriage, you know, and that, you know, that I believe, and then correct me if I'm wrong. I think her mom put, she, she pushes that, that glass vase off the wobbly table. So that way she can, talk to Lena and say, you need to be a tiger. Cause I remember it's like, she's in the blinds and she's like, a tiger comes out. You know what I mean? And she's just like, she tells, there was no words, but I think the message was like to, you know, you need to get out. Uh, You need to do something about your marriage or else it's going to break. So I thought that was just interesting how they, they built all the settings of the, the, the daughter's houses to convey some kind of like feeling of their relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the text the yeah text i keep i'm sorry i keep saying that because because you're a teacher in the novel i know the <laughs> novel yeah <laughs> in source one no i'm just kidding <laughs> the in the novel there is a lot of reference and symbolism with the chinese horoscope mm. in the movie they only reference it when she says be a tiger you're a tiger but there's there astrological signs are mentioned more often and there's more uh, symbolism with that in the story oh my gosh i, know I didn't Chinese even culture, know that right? i didn't know with that Chinese we started off with horoscopes 
Wow. Weird. That's it's weird. That's why I thought you planned it. No, I didn't. I was like, well, we just started off with horoscopes. So we talked about the year of the ox. And I was like, she, she just knows. She and just I was going to ask that, Miley. Actually, I was going to say, like, okay, they talked about the tiger with Lena. Like, I'm wondering if in, I'm wondering, I'm trying to wonder if all of them had animals in their stories. Okay. Mm hmm. Oh my God, yes. that's so good. Mind blowing. It. Now you're ready. Yeah, to read it. <laughs> now I want to read it now or at least get the audiobook of it. Like, oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, okay. Last one though, because I can't, I can't ignore it. Rich. Rich when he goes and has dinner with that. Oh my gosh. Even my daughter was cringing. She was Can just like anybody relate to I can't relate to it because oh I think God. Johnny's pretty much immersed. I think he thinks he's Filipino, but whatever um uh and he loves wine culture too <laughs> but like can anybody relate to like rich and uh it's so cute yeah she, she had so much hopes for like you know it was gonna go great <laughs> she she told him all the the etiquette right but she forgot to tell him certain things but there are things you can't write there are things that we <laughs> grew up with right cannot, that we cannot warn them about you don't think about because it comes so natural to you to know these things that when you're at a family party, when you know that you don't think that someone else has to know. My husband's never done like um, anything like that, but there are things that like, uh, it's just you the know, little things, right? The little set of things like John yes. was upset. I remember. OK, this is between us three and the world <laughs> and, all and the, the world. world. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny, because he was young, he was, I don't know, he was like maybe 20, 21 years old. I don't know. And uh, he met my grandmother for the first time. My grandmother doesn't, from the Philippines, doesn't come. That was like the only time she came, the last time she came. So he brought flowers for her. He was very sweet to her, brought her flowers. And I introduced him as, you know, grandma, this is, um, this is my friend, Johnny. And can you tell me that that issue came up like years later? Like he was like, you introduced me to your grandma as your friend. Why didn't you tell her that you're like, she, like I was your boyfriend. I'm like, I think they know that. <laughs> like, it's just yeah. like, I, what am I saying? Like, this is my love friend. You know what I mean? I'm just like, he's my friend. They know that they know that you're like, I don't have to say anything. It's just, I don't know. But then why didn't I say it that way? I don't know. I just said my friend, like they know. But he was so upset about that. But I was like, Aww. but, you know, uh, but I, I pointed out to him in certain movies and stuff when they have that. Or like, see, they introduced them as their friend and they're Asian. You know what I mean? Like, it's a thing. <laughs> it's a real thing. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. I didn't make it up because I was ashamed of you. Like, um, OK, I just laugh when Rich actually goes back to Rich. He pours that soy sauce all over the Oh my gosh, we I was like, died. what? Like, no, you pour it on your plate, not everybody else's plate. I was like, oh no, no. Well, just a few scenes before that. Um, which auntie is it? Auntie brings Linda? Out the food. Yeah, Linda. Auntie Linda brings, yeah. Auntie Linda brings out the food and she does. She's like, it's whole, not so good. Yeah, she does this whole like, compliment me, stop. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keep, stop keep going keep going yeah <laughs> it's very passive aggressive it, yes. it seems very asian like oh it's mm -hmm. not that good but <laughs> yeah yeah exactly like oh that i just put this through this together it's like, and how would he know how would he know he's like oh she said it's not that good <laughs> <laughs> it's not his fault
and the whole like he takes all the shrimp. Uh, <laughs> ah! mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh no. Yeah. Again, it's about it. it's about the group, not about yourself. It's about that's why they have lazy Susans. It's all about everybody gets some, you know. How would he know that? You know, like I guess, you know, at first when I Cultural saw it first, I was like, damn you, Rich. But then I was like, seeing it now, I was like, how would he know? It's a different culture. Unless you've lived in that culture, you would not know these things inherently. Like Waverly thought she gave him the, like, you know, the etiquette book and he was good. And it's like, these are the little things that you don't know, right? Like that you, you know, shouldn't, you know, yeah. Whew. Okay. I got through all like the cultural and family norms. Cultural and family norms. Exactly. Yes. That are not spoken. And it still comes up even in your 40s. It does. You someone for a really long time, there's certain things that they don't realize. Mm. Like, yeah. Yeah. I could just write a book. And they're, <laughs> oh, I you know. know. Hard is- <laughs> you could. <laughs> Well, what's hard is they're adults, right? Like, and you can't control, they're their own, you know, our, our significant others are their own people who have grown up in their own culture. So it's hard, like that balance of letting them be them, but then, oh, like, how do you not insult? Um, okay. I want to go to this, this question for you guys specifically, because I felt like the moms uh, were, they they had a part of them was sad, obviously, because of their life. Um, but there was also I felt like and I don't know, maybe I'm just making up my head like a guilty kind of thing, like a, like they were responsible, right? Like for their their kids happiness and also for their sadness. Like with June, I felt like she was always sad and not feeling like enough, but it was constantly like trying to bring June up in the story. I felt like so do you ever feel any mom guilt? about anything about or in the past have you ever felt mom guilt like you weren't doing enough or not doing the right thing mom guilt and i i, I don't know about you might but mom guilt is a constant thing actually i mean it is a forever thing that you well, for me like if they're having a bad day or something's going wrong and i can't fix it oh my gosh like the guilt and the sadness that i feel the, the frustration that i cannot mm fix this goddamn thing for them, you know, like, or if I think that they're upset in any way, like that ruins my whole day. Like I am like just Mm. upset. It's so it's for real. For me, it's like a constant thing that I'm not doing enough for them that I wasn't able to provide for them enough that I wish I could have given them this. Um, So at least for me, guilt, I think it's just, just goes with parenting your whole life. Mm. Yeah. I don't know, my do you, what do you think about, what's your experience? Um, well, it's really humbling. The whole experience <laughs> is very humbling. And I think for me, I, it's been less guilt and more just self-doubt or questioning. Oh, okay. Should I have, should I, could I have done this differently? Right. Should, should have, would have, could have, but there is, um, a mantra in counseling mm-hmm. <laughs> when therapists tell people don't should on yourself. That's you can't true. Go back. <laughs> I like that. Don't, don't should on yourself. Don't should on yourself because you can't, you can't go back. You can only go forward. So it's, I feel like for me, it's less guilt and more, was that the best decision? Could I have done something different? Mm-hmm. Could I have parented different. 
Um, That's so true. I can't go back. But if I do get stuck in guilt, then it's it's a trap. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So I think self reflection, or maybe second guessing, or and grace, doubting, maybe maybe looking at that, and learning from it, and moving on right. is more of what I've experienced. However, he just turned thirteen, <laughs> so we have a longer road Good ahead. Good luck. <laughs> I know. Laughing at me. That is. <laughs> Teenager land is, I hear that teenager land is like a totally different ball game. That's what I heard. But you know, I think boys are easier though. Like they have their own, like my son, the, the only thing for him, it was his schoolwork, right? Getting him to, to focus that, that was the hardest part, but knock on wood. But again, he's only, he's going to be 15. So there's still lots of years to go, but yeah, I feel like boys are slightly easier than the girl she since she was born was like Woo, that attitude she's actually started to calm down as she turned <laughs> she's, she's more understanding a little bit and less fiery but she still got that fire um okay so we are going to go and talk about um, the swan feather because we talked about we, we brought up the swan feather a couple of times and I was curious about that, too. So um, so the it's and Miley, you read the story, so it it, it it it's a parable, this swan feather parable. And it talks about how and I'm just going to briefly do the synopsis of the story, but it's just basically like a duck becomes stretches its neck to become a goose, but then becomes a swan. And so they, the, the woman brings the swan. She wants to bring the swan to America. And when she gets to America, the swan is taken from her and she's only left with a swan feather. And so uh, in the story, June tells the story that her mom told her about how this feather represented all the hopes um, that she had for her daughter and that her daughter would never go through the struggles that she would, that she would, that she would per speak perfect English. And that when, she, uh, you know, she's ready, like when she feels, when the mother felt worthy enough, she would give this feather to the daughter. That's one of the versions that she tells um, June. Cause I understand that she tells this story. The mom tells the story. Soon Yan tells the story to June um, but always changes the ending, which is not shown in the movie. Uh, like, it's almost like what you're saying, Miley, like she struggles with communicating with her daughter what she really wants to say. Or she wants her daughter to think a certain way. I don't know. But um, so, yeah. Um, what do you think? Uh, what do you guys think of the symbolism of the swan feather? And what does what does it because uh, what does it you think it means? Do you want to go first, Mike? Sure. Um, I really think it is a representation of a very far journey and mm. what the mom and her generation and her, her life experiences were and how that impacts their daughter today mm -hmm. or in the present. But I thought it was really unique to see the perspective of 
the mom not wanting to give her daughter the feather right away. That it was part. Like, I think it was more for, even though it was such a gift to her daughter, mm-hmm. it was more about the mom being ready to share that past with her. Cause she, she never said, gave oh. it to her when she yeah, was alive. There's a sadness there because like she was almost too prideful to share her hurt and share mm-hmm. her authentic real experiences with her daughter. Yeah. And again, there's that disconnect. Why can't I let down my guard to share these, this tragic past with my daughter when this is the same blood that runs through her veins? And the thing that makes me sad is that Sunyan never felt worthy enough to give it to her daughter. Mm-hmm. So she died feeling like she wasn't not good enough. And she I was just worthy. like, mm-hmm. she wasn't worthy. So I was like, we're passing she's passing this on to her daughter who doesn't feel worthy. No one feels worthy. And I'm like, she died and the dad had to give her the feather and be like, this is what your mom would have wanted to give to you. And that just, oof. I know. I totally agree with my, and you know, I, it reminds me a lot. And you said it earlier. It reminds me of that novel by T. Bowie, you know, Mm. about the, about that. And for me, like the feather, like represented, um, kind of like her, uh, the mothers, the ancestors that although they seem old and worn, that they carry with them such rich mm-hmm. history. And we were just talking about this last week, how we all have our history, right? Our mothers, our grandmothers, our, mm-hmm. you know, ancestors, and we don't know about it, but they lived the whole life before they us. Life you know, they us. had this rich history, this this life that we, when we look at them, we're like, they're now, you know, they're our mothers. They, what did they go through? But no, they, they had lives. And like, this is like something that, that we forget, you know, until we're told until they're, like you said, your parent is ready to tell you. And they're not though. Our, our, the way our parents are, they're not going to tell us their hardships and they're not going to tell us like their stories, you know, me and my daughter were just talking about that, how I want to talk to my mom, ask Mm -hmm. her questions, but you know, my mom is not a person to be like that. Like she, Mm -hmm. they're not comfortable telling you the hardships that they went through. And they're kind of like of that thing of it happened in the past. You know what? That's Mm -hmm. not me anymore. That's not, it might be painful for her. That's true. That's true. Could be that. So yeah, Mm -hmm. that's what I saw as the feather symbolism. It was to me about like when she said it was intentions, it was all the intentions that, you know, the mother wanted for her daughter that really stuck out to me. It was just like, I believe just from my experience of being a daughter, like um, I think, you know, you have children because you want them to be, especially when you have them in America, uh, you, you want them to just be happy. Uh, I feel like that's, kind of like with all of our parents, like, I think they just didn't, I I believe my parents never pushed me to be a nurse at all, (laughs) a nurse, a doctor. They're just like, just, we just want you to be happy. Um, so I'm fortunate with that, but it's that, I don't know. You guys can talk to that. It's like when you have your children, um, you have a lot of hopes and dreams for them. Right. And, um, I think that's what the feather represents, uh, the hopes and dreams and your good intent, all your good intentions of why you came to America is what Soon Yan was talking about. And I just don't know why she didn't 
give it to her. She gave her a good life. I don't know why she did. I, that makes me sad that she all the all the tragedy she went through and the struggle and hers was the saddest. Hers like, were the the most toughest because really sad, really sad. And I'm like you, but I guess the the loss of your children, like she did, never survived from that guilt. I think she never felt like she was enough for her daughter. Mm-hmm. I agree with you both with that. That she, it's sad that she didn't feel good That's enough. Sad. And we just talked about that. Like you said, it just passes down, you know, maybe they felt they weren't good enough. They didn't know how to teach us how to feel good enough. You know, they didn't Uh, have they didn't have the tools. A last thing I wanted to say was, uh, what did you what do you guys think the Joy Luck Club means? And I know Miley read the book, so she might have a one up on us. But (laughs) what do you think the Joy Luck Club means? You know, what's funny is I didn't I couldn't I couldn't think of what it meant. So I didn't write. I actually didn't have anything on my notes because I was like, I want to know what because mm-hmm. I, I just I just blank. thought it was a very Asian thing to say because, you know, it's all about luck, you know, especially Chinese about luck. Everything's lucky, <laughs> like, you know, the lucky face, you know, uh, I think uh, Auntie Lindo's mom tells her, like, you're going to be somebody because you have a lucky face. Right. Um like not like me, you know, I wish I thought was so heart wrenching too. that whole story. Uh, but um, but uh, lucky, the lucky red. Right. I thought, oh, OK, everything it's of course it's going to be luck. Like how many how many Chinese places have the word luck in it? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like lucky ball, lucky, uh, you know, Chinese. <laughs> I, I did think I did think uh, briefly that joy luck was because, you know, they got together playing Mahjong. Mm-hmm. And I thought about how that for them represented that it was a happiness, like happiness because they were together in gambling, luck for the gambling and joy yes. with just being together, storytelling, yeah. you know, um, creating that. joy that's, within each other yeah. that you didn't have yeah. in your life. Yeah, that's what I did that thing. But my, what, what's the real answer, my? Yeah, what's the, what's the real answer? <laughs> tell us, tell us. <laughs> the answer is C, all of the above. <laughs> Actually, I didn't look back at the, the novel for this. Mm-hmm. I rewinded that part of the beginning she of the story. And they're mixing up the the tiles. Mm-hmm. She explains. I rewind. I had rewound it about four times. Like, what did she say? What <laughs> yeah. did she say? Yeah. And so, it was a group. This Joy Luck Club was a group that Suyan, her mom, mm-hmm. brought together for like over thirty years with these women from church. Mm-hmm. That's how they all met. Yeah. First time I saw this, I thought they were related because I wasn't paying attention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but yeah, like they were friends from church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And each week when they got together, there was the hope of being lucky and, mm-hmm. and winning. Um, but it was the hope that actually became their joy in the midst of oh, their challenges. Okay. So it was their connection with each other and their friendship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. over the years that brought that hope. So it's called the Joy Luck Club, but it was really more about the hope that they gave oh. each other each week when they were trying just, to get it lucky. Was like, it was like a support group. 
It was. It was but a support it, it, group. Yeah. And then like the theme throughout is hope. Like they're all hoping mm-hmm. for something big, hoping for their children, right? Hoping better for their children. Well, if you see where they came from, like yeah. you can hope now because now you're not going through what they had to go through. Like, yeah, I can't even imagine going like I thought of like if I wanted to be one of those moms, which one I want to be. I'm like, none of them. Like, <laughs> I would not want to be any of them. I don't think I would have been as smart as Lindo. Um, getting out of her situation, um, Ying Ying, uh, God, that's horrible. Being I wouldn't abused. have been able to survive. I would not have survived that generation. I go like crazy. Um, on May and not having her mom with her and her mo- mom being in the situation, like, whoa, like that's really tough too. And then Sunyan having the to that wheelbarrow with the babies. I'm like, uh, no, none of them. I I don't think I would be able to survive any of them. So, uh. So, yeah, the Joy Luck Club actually kind of reminded me of us in a sense because, you know, our parents uh, all came from Hawaii. So they built their own kind of network or, or family support group where there was none. So they kind of like reminded me a lot about what what was created when they came to the mainland and how they created their own life for themselves and their own joy luck club in a sense uh, minus the gambling um you know what i mean like it they created that for that joy right and being away from their family being away from the island and just like creating their own kind of like in a sense quote-unquote island of people so i thought that was very relatable in that sense Ah, all right. Anything else anybody want to say about it? <laughs> I think just the power of storytelling. Yes. Not just when we watch stories like in the Joylet Club, the movie, or even reading the novel. Mm. But I think it is a really good reminder for me, at least, of how much I need to share my stories with the younger generation and how. I can share with my, my kids or Mm -hmm. with my nieces Mm -hmm. where we came from. Yes. And I've, I've experienced this already telling these stories that before I used to hear from my parents. Yes. Like my dad likes to tell about when he first came to California Mm -hmm. from Hawaii and he didn't have a car (laughs) and he used to have to get a ride from his brother or Uh Gilbert. Like he just, all these names and how yes. Auntie Carmen was a big, significant person, Auntie Pepsi, all these people, because he was away from home yeah. and he used to listen to music and get really homesick. This is before yeah. he met Aww. my mom. Yeah. And hearing those stories and then talking about it with Talani of, you know, when you go away to college, you might experience this and you'll find people mm-hmm. just like grandpa found people when he first came from Hawaii. And it's, it's, it's just a reminder to me that they have, to, we have to share these stories because it's part of who we are and it encourages the next generation to, to persevere. And it is very, they feel, I know the kids feel really disconnected from my, yes. from their grandparents' <laughs> generation, because yeah. I know I feel disconnected yeah. to my grandparents' situation. Exactly. Um, We've all felt generation. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But for example, and I know I'm going on a tangent here, but mm. I was explaining to Talani about my son, who's 13, mm-hmm. about how my grandma, his great grandma, mm-hmm. remembers Pearl Harbor being attacked and that she lived That's in the right. area. And 
I only know that my grandma knows about that because now she can't share about that because she's, she's so far from that in a different stage of life. But I remember my dad sharing with me what she shared with him about the attack. Yes. Uncle Sonny, her brother Mm -hmm. shared with him about the attack because he was old enough. Yeah. To remember. So mm-hmm. just those kinds of things I was telling Talani about that because we had seen something on Pearl Harbor and he was like, what? <sighs> Grandma's there. She remembers. And yes. I ch- those stories. It's so important. I chipped like I didn't chip out, but like I just took those stories for granted. Uh, again, not directly told to me, but I could hear, you know, when the old folks like not old folks, my parents, uh, my dad talking to his friends and then talking about plantation life and stuff and living on the camp and stuff like you hear it, but you're not really like you're not really like interested in it. But then when I went to college and you you start reading like they're part of history, like I'm just like, Mm -hmm. oh, my God, Mm -hmm. like they they're in this history book, you know, their names are not in here, but my grandparents, my, you know, uncles, they were living that life. And to this day, when people say, oh, your, your, your family's from Hawaii, like what part? And I'm like, I am. And they're like, oh, that's Filipino camp. They it's like it's a thing, you know, and it's like when they talk about camp life, like this is a this is real. Did you ever watch the Joy Luck Club? What did you think of it? Can you relate to our discussion about marriage, mothers, and daughters? Which parts resonate with you? We produce this podcast out of love for talk story and helping others. Our listenership is built on word of mouth. So if you do one thing today, please share our podcast with a friend or relative that also might be interested. We'd love to hear from you. You can leave us a voice message on the Anchor app. You can also leave a comment on our social media pages like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search for The Coconut Connection. Our handles are in the show's notes. Or you can email us at coconutconnection, the number two, at gmail.com. <sighs> so everyone can just breathe. Uh, I know. Ex- inhale, <laughs> exhale moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope this was a oh release. I think this was a re- I hope this was a release for everybody. And uh, yeah, I don't know. What what are your guys' last thoughts on this? Well, I was just thinking about how you were mentioning about this being a good time to talk about these things with kids. Mm-hmm. Um because last week we we're watching the news, Talani and I. Mm-hmm. And there was some, they were highlighting some Asian American protests against violence and stuff. And he was like, mom, I'm Asian, right? Am I, am I Asian? I was mm-hmm. like, what do you mean? He's like, well, <laughs> I'm glad he said that though. Like, well, I know we're from Hawaii and right. I know my dad is Samoan and Mexican, but mm-hmm. like, Am I Asian? I was That's like, a good question. I said, yes, Salami. Um, you're Filipino. Mm-hmm. Sometimes if there's no Asian box to check, you can check Asian <laughs> Pacific Islander. That's fine too. Yeah, right. like, well, should I be afraid? And mm-hmm. I was like, no, no, no. There's no reason to be afraid okay. or concerned yeah. because he was like, are, 
are people like attacking Asians now or something? And I said, you know what? There's no reason to be afraid. And you can say I am part Asian. It's okay. Mm -hmm. It was like, so I am part Asian, right? <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I was like, whoa, gosh. I was thinking to myself, we need to have a lot more conversations. That, But that's a good thing. opening because he's already thinking about it. It's different when you bring up stuff and they're not even thinking about it. It's like, okay, yeah, all right. You know what I mean? But he's mm-hmm. now thinking like, hmm, I wonder, you know? I know. My I'm glad kids- he said that to you, my. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, my kids joke with each other because- my son looks more Hispanic, mm-hmm. right? And my daughter looks totally Asian. Like you cannot like hide that. And so we always, she always, you know, tells her brother, you know, you don't have to worry. You just have to worry about going to the middle States. You know, you can't go to the middle States cause he's darker. Right. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, you just can't go to the middle States and you can't, but you know, he, she's like, you know, you're, you're Asian too. You know, he knows he's Asian, but you know, it's, he doesn't have he doesn't the look have the features. Of, yeah, the features of Asian. He he looks like me when I was younger, but but he looks more Hispanic, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, but yeah, I think my daughter does teach him a lot of that because they're together a lot. I think she does try to make him aware of what's going on, and he sees too. I mean, he's he has social media. He sees his friends. They all talk, you know. Um, but yeah, it is important for them to know all right well thank you for listening to our podcast the coconut connection and uh come yeah, thank you Miley, through next sunday and thank you miley for coming on i knew that we would have a really good discussion about joy the club having you on too as well and um, yes thank you thanks for so- having me it's so fun all the time yeah, we gotta <laughs> keep doing it. We gotta keep doing it. Don't be surprised <laughs> if we ask you again. <laughs> I, I totally look forward to it, and Yay. it was so great to watch the the Joy Luck Club. Yeah, for the tenth, fifteenth time. Yeah. I know mm-hmm. it still gets me in the same parts too. Like I thought I wouldn't like it because I would like, oh, okay, I've grown. I'm more woke now, and no, it's still <laughs> very no. relevant. Nope. Bald like a baby. It's so like ve- it's so very <laughs> relevant. It's still good. It's still good. But it yes. did want to make me read the book from um, Amy Tan, like from her actual words. I wanted to, to read that. So. All right. Stay blessed, everybody. Yeah. Take care, everybody. Until next time. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to our podcast, The Coconut Connection. I'm Jade. And I'm G. Until next time. Try Smize. No stink eye. Stay woke, not broke. Peace.